Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lewis. We back, baby. Today's was, oh man, this is such a fun interview to do. This dude right here, he's been through a lot. He knows a lot of people and he likes to have fun in life. We talk about so many things from life to sports to business. Man, it's just a good overall, all around interview and conversation, really. It just, it flows so well. It was so easy to do, and I'm glad he got the chance to share his story and, and share some of his times that he's had in his life with us. So without further ado, here we go. This is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Trenton, New Jersey. He attended Fordham University, where he was awarded the Male Athlete of the Year Award, and it was also a first-team All-American. He was also a finalist for the best D1AA Player of the Year. Then he headed north to the Hamilton Ticats of the CFL before joining the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, where he was an all-star in 2009. Then he joined the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. He also played in five out of six Grey Cups. Five of his last six years played in the Grey Cup. Welcome to the show, Grey Cup Tag Corner Gay. What's up? Woo, 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 woo. My man, what's going on? Damn, that sounds good. I'll tell you that. That sounds real good. I ain't never heard all those stats in a long time. <laughs> Proud of myself. <laughs> man, it seems like you did a lot, man. When, you know, looking back at like college and then through the CFL, you played what, three years in Hamilton and, and then yeah. four or five in SAS, I think. You know, it's crazy. I never realized how much I did until after I stopped playing. And the crazy thing is I played two years in uh, Hamilton, got traded going into my third year, won a cup, played in Saskatchewan, got traded, got traded into my fifth year, won a cup, <laughs> left BC, won a cup. I mean, not even won a cup, played in a cup. Played for Calgary, yeah, we should have won the cup. We should have won a cup. But yeah, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I've done a lot, been around a lot. Uh, Proud of all of my accomplishments. Hopefully, uh, my kids can live up and do better than I did. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things, man. Is like we both had kids late, so they didn't get to watch us play. Like my daughter, see, I think she was like two at the oldest when I was playing my last year in Montreal. So, yeah, you ever watch? You ever put on game film and or anything, or will you in the future to show them kind of like what you did? Of course. I mean, I, I showed Deuce a little. My son, I showed Deuce uh, some stuff that's on YouTube. He's, he he kind of gets it. Well, now he gets it now. He's five years old. And he's like, Daddy, you still going to play? I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, I w- but you know what? I've been in the back of your head, too. Like, I wish I could play one game just so they can all see it. But not me. I'm like, I'm like I got one play, maybe. One play. Hey, man, and look, I want to be field corner. <laughs> look, Milt said he coming out at 50. G. Roy didn't put a video out where he was running, talking about he coming back, if Milk come back. I said I could come back at 40. Rombie said he'll come back. He can still play. Now, if we put an old – look, if the Atlantic Schooners want to uh, put together the old squad, <laughs> get the good old boys back yeah. out there. I tell you what. These little dummies, these little dumb young boys, we we'll, we we'll, we might win the game. I ain't gonna lie to you. We'll win off just our our, our ability of just to play football, know the uh, fundamentals yeah. of football for sure. I mean, I know I can play. I don't care nobody. Says. I can play. Can I play a full game? Hell no. Do I want to play a full game? No, Hell we're talking no. about a full season. 
Oh, full season. Um, <laughs> you got you got a year to get in shape whoo. and get and get ready. I mean, I mean, if I drink a couple, a uh, couple, if I have a couple shots, you know, I would stop drinking. Game, I might be all right. I would you would stop, stop drinking. drinking? Yeah. Well, if, not, I if I came back at forty, if I came back at forty. If you if you don't have no alcohol content in your body, I'm not playing with you. I've never <laughs> seen you play like that before. <laughs> I don't know what Nick I'm gonna get. <laughs> what do you think about Mike Tyson? Have you have you seen him like? Yes, he looks stronger than he did when he was twenty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I would I wouldn't fight him, bro. I mean, you you got to be crazy to go in the ring with him because now he's smart. Now he ain't yeah. just going off his brute. He still he just showed you he still got all that shit he had back then. And yeah. now he got the ability to use his mind and know what not to do. Oh hell, I'm not no way. And all he, he do is smoke weed. He, he trying to prove something. You know he's got like the number one weed company in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Salute to him. Tyson sure, Farms. Jumped on, yeah. jumped on it ASAP. Jumped yeah. on it ASAP. I mean, as an athlete, that's probably one of the the best uh business propositions you can really get invested into because I mean it's first of all you know it's lucrative you know it's almost it's damn near recession proof yeah and as far as being an athlete you're not trying to work for nobody you're looking to make some money that money you used to make yeah and keep it going like it, that, that's the one struggle that all of us have is just he's trying making, to trying to get them game checks again yeah, he's making <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars no question no question he I mean you get into that business and, and you and you become successful in it you're like why the hell did I do all this other stuff this all these these years previously? It's crazy. But he said he said a couple times, I know on Joe Rogan's podcast he was talking about he doesn't want to start training again because his ego will take over. Mm-hmm. But now he's training again and his ego's taking over. Like he said he's scared of have you seen the um his podcast with Shannon Briggs? No, I haven't. I haven't. Check that out. And anybody listening to this, check that out because it is very scary. Like Shannon Briggs is like, dude, calm down. Because he talks about, you know, growing up, where he grew up and how he's scared of himself. Like he's scared of the man that he knows he is. And he's got this image now that people like and and things like that. But (laughs) he knows it can change real quick. (laughs) Without a doubt. (laughs) It was probably a a blessing for the world that he found weed. He found marijuana because I'm pretty sure that that keeps him calm and collective. So, he says the thing that changed him is uh, DMT. DMT? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You heard of it? Yeah, I heard of it. You ever done it? Interesting. No, I have not. What is it? Uh, it's called the toad. No, I haven't. I'm kind of I'm kind of scared of it, man. That's like like I don't I've never taken anything that makes you hallucinate. I don't want nothing that Mike Tyson takes. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I, I, I'm cool. I don't want to act nothing like him. I don't want to even think like him. He is a stone cold killer <laughs> in regular clothes. I'm cool. <laughs> He's a controlled killer. <laughs> but uh, I've I've done some research on it, and apparently they say when you die, it releases a lot of that in your brain. So that's why when people die and come back, they say that's where they went to. It wasn't like a heaven or something. It was really wait, just wait. a. Say that one more time. You said, so it releases something in your brain when you die? Yeah, that it takes you, it's a euphoria. So, so people are taking this for when they die. They're doing no, 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 no. So you, you've already got it. It's already in your body, right? Your brain yeah. already releases mm-hmm. it, right? So now 
taking it like a synthetic form or something like that is just yeah it enhances it and, and things like that but you know i pass I, i'm cool i like my living state i'm cool i'm not worried, worried about all that right now but uh yeah man I, I think mike probably got attached to coming back now like you know how it is you should let's say if you train you do a video and you get all these good comments and everybody's saying this and that. That's cool and all. But when you actually look at that video, be like, damn, I look kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kinda, if I put this video side by side, I ain't, I ain't too far off. Man, he, if he fights anybody over 40, he's going to kill him. Oh, for sure. Evander Holyfield sure. better not step in the ring with Mike Tyson right now. I don't think nobody should step in the ring with Mike Tyson. Even a, even a young cat that's coming up, like they know they it's a lose lose situation for them. Whether they beat Tyson yeah. or they lose against, him. It's, it's it don't make no sense. How about John in? Jones? Yeah, I seen that. The John don't have knockout power, and Tyson come with wow. the body shots. Man, Tyson, he just he, he look at you, he scare you. I tell you my my Tyson story. No. All right, so uh, my 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 uh, freshman year in college, when I first got to New York City, I'm I'm going to this club because uh the uh the the uh, old lineman on my team was doing the security. They got us in this club called Sweet Sixteen, and it's all kind of crazy celebrities in there. My first time being around celebrities, I'm like, yo, I'm coming from Trent, New Jersey. Uh, this I don't, I'm not used to this. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Anne Marie's in here, Blue Can Trail. I'm like, uh, Idris L. Aldridge Elba, Aldridge Elba, whatever his name is. Um, that's a whole bunch of celebrities in there. And uh, this is one, I'm over at the bar. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm chilling. This one <laughs> chick at the bar. She looked at me and kind of winked at me. And I'm next to a whole bunch of girls. I'm like, yeah, getting action here. Young boy getting action. <laughs> so then she 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 looked at me, tell me, follow her. So I'm looking, following her. I'm showing all my teammates. Like, yeah, y'all, 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 y'all weak. She takes me to the back and sits on Mike Tyson lap. And I'm just sitting there with, a, with my drink in my hand. So she sits on his lap. And he's looking at me like, nigga, I hope you ain't looking at my I hope you ain't with, trying to mess with her. <laughs> I look at him, go back to the bar. I order like four shots. Stay like, what's wrong with you? I said, man, I'm about to die. I'm about to take four <laughs> shots. I put a, I put a, I put a, I put a uh, empty bottle, Heineken bottle on my head. I said, listen, in my back pocket. I said, listen, I'm going to hit him. I got to hit him before he hit me. I know I'm going to die. At least I'm going to go out swinging. So I'm stressed. I ain't even. I ain't even trying to talk to no girls or nothing. I'm pissed off. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so he's walking out the club. I'm just breathing. I said, because he gotta walk fast. He's narrow. Yeah. He walks. He walks to to the side of me. Hits me on the shoulders. She all yours, bro. I was like, oh my god, f that b. I don't want her, bro. I thought you were gonna get. <laughs> I don't even I want was, it no more. No, I don't <laughs> want nothing no more. I'm just happy. I'm happy I ain't die tonight. My first time going out in New York City. Yeah, I thought I was gonna die by Mike Tyson though. Ooh, that's sure. crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. Good old New York City. Good old New York City. Speaking of like, but you hang out with stars now and celebrities and when'd you start hanging out with celebrities? And when'd you become, you know, that guy? So I see what? I see the videos, man. I seen you with uh whose party were you at a couple years back? And I seen you with Tank. And you hanging out with celebrities. Nick, I am a celebrity. What are you talking about, man? Okay. They wanna hang out with go. me. Well, there Don't you hang go. Out with me. <laughs> you hang out with a bunch of personalities, man. J.R. Smith. Nah, they they all friends, man. They all they all like uh just friends of friends that we all just kicked it. Came together over years, partying, you know, that's how it is. But uh uh Tank is uh he's married to like one of my really close friends. So 
that's how we became cool. Uh, know his whole, know the family. Uh, cool with the kids. Uh, our kids part party, hang out together. You know, so but Jr. Jr. is from the Jersey Boys. You know, yeah. I've known Jr. since since high school. So watched him grow up, come up. That's uh, that's the homie. For Can sure. you play basketball? Depends on what you mean by play basketball. <laughs> no, you know I'm what? Talking to, you could I'm potentially to, be one of the Wayne's brothers. If I'm talking, <laughs> shut up. Man. I used to get that when I was younger. So if I'm talking trash to a real NBA player, I always tell them I can cross them over. I ain't got no, ain't got no problem giving somebody in and out. Bam, you know. But no, I don't consider myself a competitive basketball player. It's, I'm too goofy. I, I play around too much. I don't take nothing serious. You hooped at Madison Square Garden. Play pickup games. Like, how, how did that happen? <laughs> how does it happen that you, you just go, I'm just going to play a pickup game at Madison Square Garden? Oh, God, I forgot about that. It was uh, one, of my, one of my boys' uh, birthday. That was, uh, they set up for, one of his, for his birthday just to uh, set it up. But we knew JR. JR was with the Knicks. And it probably got set up through JR. I'm not sure. Probably. I don't know, but it was a, it was a birthday present to be able to play uh, pickup game at the, at the uh, MSG. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> was it was it crazy? Like when you first heard about it, like hey, for my birthday we're going to Madison Square Garden to play basketball. Was that nope. just it was natural? Like cool, cool, whatever. <laughs> what would what would need to be told to you to be unnatural or something that you'd be like, that's crazy. Ah, seems like you live a good life, man. I've had. I mean, I'm you know, I'm, I've smoked cigars with Michael Jordan before, so there ain't too much more I can do. What's <laughs> and that's that story? The only, and that's the only time, like, where I feel like you know, I was starstruck. I, I don't get. There's no such thing as starstruck to me because yeah, I feel you. We I'm all same you. people. You yeah, know, you know what I'm saying. But come on, Michael Jordan. Come on, that's that's just different. Um, How'd that happen? I, I met Michael Jordan for the first time through uh, my college roommate. He was working for Jordan in, uh, in Oregon. So we went out there and I've been to, the, been to the campus and all that stuff. So I met Jordan the first time at an All-Star Weekend in Vegas because we had the VIP tables, passes, whatever. And I met him through there. But um, I was in Atlanta uh, for a wedding for one of my old teammates in Canada, uh, Brandon Lynch. I don't know if you remember him. He, played, yep. he only played a couple of years. You remember me? All right. Uh, I was out there and I met up with one of my um, – one of my boys that played for the Atlanta Falcons at the time. And uh, we went out to this club and um, uh, we was trying to get into the VIP and the, the, the security guard was like, no, nah, you can't get in. And my man is like, uh, you mean you can't get in? It's me. Like, I know, I know, but it's, it's, it's private. It's private up here, man. Not tonight, not tonight. And uh, my man was about to get mad, blah, blah, blah. And all we hear is a voice like, no, no, I know them. We good. He looked up. Michael Jordan talking about he good. He know us. You couldn't tell me nothing. Nick. I, was, <laughs> I was like, y'all heard that? Did everybody in the club hear that? <laughs> we good. I was, I was, I was done that whole night. It, they were like, hey, what's wrong with your trip before? I'm like, man, you don't understand what you just did for me. <laughs> <laughs> Smoked a cigar with him and uh, Charles Oak. But uh, yeah, like, it was just random times, random moments. Once, uh, you know, I guess I must have left a good impression, good impression the first time I met him. So, yeah, that's the second time. Well, that seems like one of the biggest things about you, man. You, you're such a fun guy to be around. You're, you know, you're great entertainment. You laugh a lot. And, you know, a lot of people respect you, man. It's, 
that's that's good. Your parents raised you well. I, well, thank you. I, I tried, man. I mean, what's the sense of walking around life with a with a, with a wry face all day? I mean, yeah. Smiles and music make the world go around, man. That's it. Got to be. I mean, hell. I mean, you seen how we we had fun when we was teammates. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> Luminous worldwide. Tell me about that. Luminous worldwide. So it's my company. Yes, my company. You want to say black owned, cool, whatever, black owned, minority owned, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's my it's Tad's company. Uh, my partners, uh, one of my partners is a uh, is a Brazilian. The product originally came from Brazil. It's a it's a non toxic VOC free uh, cleaner cleaning solution for cars, planes, boats, home, commercial, whatever you want to call it. We launched the company in 2017 as a aviation cleaner and a um, car cleaner for interior and exterior use. Um, we knew it was non-toxic. We knew it was uh, VOC-free. We knew it worked. We knew it, it, it is superb on any car. It don't matter just the, the paint job, the leather, the interior, the glass, anything, tires, rims, you name it. Yeah. What we didn't know was, at the time, that it was a disinfectant. So not mm. only is this product not only is this product a cleaner, but it's also a hospital-grade disinfectant. Because wow. we were doing all these tests while we launched, and we couldn't really put it on our bottles. So now that we found that out, so now we have to change a lot of stuff. We're going through a lot of stuff, but um, we get a lot of attention as far as the, the auto. Um, we've been in uh, enterprise rental cars, probably like 50 locations. Um, it's a company called Empire CLS. is our, one of our main clients, the luxury transportation company. They use our product a lot. Uh, we are doing stuff with Delta Airlines and a couple of uh, private charter companies, jet companies right now as well. So it's getting there, but now, since all this COVID-19 stuff, we're trying to focus on making sure we can let people know, give people the knowledge that, uh, yes, our product does fight viruses and bacteria, and it is a disinfectant. You don't have to have uh, Georgie's vodka <laughs> in it or rubbing alcohol. We do have, we do have a, enough alcohol in our product to kill viruses and bacteria at the nano level. Our product is built for nanotechnology, so it, it kills all bac bacteria and viruses, but it's still safe around your pets, family, yeah. kids, because it's not enough of it to actually harm you. So that what keeps it non-toxic. And for people that don't know what VOC stands for, it's Volatile Organic Compounds. There you go, Nick. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty versed in the uh, in that area as there well. There you go. You know, just, oh, know, so, just, know, so, just know, so people know. know. <laughs> just so people know. I'm still waiting on my bottle. But you know what? Don't even send me a bottle anymore. Send me a box. Let me see, and just see, call I it do a box. You know, send a me box. a box. Send me a box. a box. And guess First what? Of all, Nick, you play with guess what I can do with the box. Guess what I can do with the box? Advertisement for you. Just call it an advertising box. No doubt. I'm or you be, can put. Or you can even send work me something. On. You could take the stuff out that box and send me something that you got back in my box. <laughs> there we go. I can do that. I could definitely do that. <laughs> And I might even have somebody that can help you with um, production here in Canada. Yeah, you know what? That's a, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because um, uh, I have a really big meeting coming up for uh, opportunity to expand in Canada and basically start uh, manufacturing in Canada. So this could be something big for sure. So that'd be yeah. great. I call my people, man. You know, mm -hmm. people like me too sometimes. Yeah, they do. They do. They do, man. How did you get into this? Like, like uh, did you know what you're going to do after you retired or how did you get into the whole 
this whole game with Luminous? No, you know what? When I when I first retired, um, I was actually looking to open up a hookah bar because at the, at the time, hookah bar was hookah was killing it. Like it still yeah. is. Like if you got is this is why they shut down the license. You, you can't get hookah license anymore no in New York or New Jersey because all the cigarette companies was upset that all this money was going to the hookah hookah companies hookah uh, bars because they pissed off. They kicked cigarettes out, but now you can smoke hookah, and yeah. hookah was killing it. So. I was looking to open up a hookah bar, and during that time, I met a few people, made a couple friends, and one of my friends actually introduced me to my partner. He was uh, showing me, showing just just showing people the liquid from Brazil, that never outsourced outside of Brazil, and telling me it was organic and it worked. Like the first we met, we met in a parking in a parking lot. He showed me what it did. He showed me it cleaned the paint job, the glass, the rims, the leather, the LCD screen. And then he sprayed. Then he then he, he sprayed, sprayed in his, his mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm looking like, okay, I'm waiting for you to die. I'm waiting for you to choke. <laughs> you do something. And he's like, it, he said, no, it's just, it's 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 non-toxic. I said, okay, well, guess what? That's our product now. Let's go. I'm I'm all, I'm all in. Let's let's invest because no matter what, what you just showed me, it cleaned so many different areas in his car. It's not just auto cleaner. It's not just yeah. aviation cleaner. We can expand this business for sure. So the whole goal was to make this a multi-billion dollar company, which it can be. I mean, yeah. market it right, produce, push, produce right, and we got production and we got enough enough uh, of backing in it. Uh, it will. It will. Very soon, for sure. So is that, a big leads. is that what Trump was talking about with the disinfectant for coronavirus? No. You can, what? You can nope. spray what? it in your mouth and, and kill no, coronavirus? No, 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 no. Can we hook it up to an IV? Do not, do not. <laughs> Do not put me in the same category. Do not. <laughs> I, I never. I never met that man. No. No sir. <laughs> never sent him product. None of that. No. Never. Never seen no invoice come from the, from the White House or Trump. No. No. He was not talking about luminous. Let's <laughs> 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 get that out there. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. That's. It's such a. It looks like such a great product, and I. I can't wait to to try it. And I know a lot of people listening to this right now are going to be looking for it as well. And. I don't want to give out the information now because I don't want people to leave this conversation. So we're going to let them get it at the end. Got it. Right. So let's start growing up. When do you, when do you get into sports and what was sports like in uh, Trent, New Jersey? Ah, when did I get into sports? I mean, from as far as I can remember, I mean, football is everything back where I'm at, like where I'm from in Trent. Uh, it's all we do. We all play football. Basketball is, eh, but football is first First sport that everybody plays. I mean, I've been playing football since I was five. Little yeah. league. I was I was always the smallest smallest kid on the field, though. You know, I, it was never really taken serious to me until I felt like it was real. You know what I'm saying? Even like growing up, all all the way to high school, I was still always the smallest kid. I wasn't the, I wasn't big, bigger, big as everybody until it was my last year in certain leagues. <laughs> so if it was midget, I wasn't big till the last year in Midget. Bantam League, <laughs> I was I was I was fitting in my last year in Bantam, my eighth grade year, you know, but uh freshman year I was five one, hundred and twelve pounds. I freshman year I was five one, hundred and fourteen pounds. See? See, so nobody looked at you like oh that's oh that's cute. <laughs> oh look at little Nikki. You got so much heart. <laughs> you know how it is. So yeah, I, hey, I I had no aspirations of doing anything. <laughs> I just play. I mean, I love I love the game, and then I felt like a you know I was like you know like the runt mentality. Like I don't care how small I am. I'm a, I'm gonna go play out play out here with the biggest ones. I've always been that way. Yeah. And I I didn't I didn't grow until my junior year in high school. I grew 
I grew, I think, uh, six inches my junior year in high school. And it was on and popping. It was on and popping. I was like, I'm the biggest everybody on the field a, a little bit. <laughs> Five, nine, you know. I'm like, let's go. And my first, I never forget my first game of the, of the season. I got the player of the, player of the week. Uh, and then I probably start tearing them, tearing them shits up like every other week. But, uh, yeah, that's when football, I started taking a little more serious. And then uh, my senior year, I had a good senior, I had a good junior and senior year. But I never was the outstanding player on my teams ever. Really? I never wanted to be. You know, I never wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just wanted to play. I wanted to make. If we needed to win, I was gonna do what we needed to be needed to do to win. Period. Yeah. When, when, when this guy f's up and this guy f's up, give me the ball, y'all. What'd you idiots. play? What did I play? I played running back, played receiver, corner, safety. I was I playing it. I played all of it. Yeah, playing all of it. Yep. And the crazy thing is. I wasn't an all-state player. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was a all area player. Really? I probably. Yeah. I didn't get no. I didn't get no college offers uh, coming out of high school. Um, most of them were saying because of my grades or because I no, I didn't pass clear now. So in the meantime, I thought I was ten points over. I was ten points short. And my my coach, he, I think he, uh, he, he ain't gonna blame it on me. I'm gonna blame it on him now. He he, was, <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't add that right. <laughs> <laughs> So I happened to go to uh, I happened to go to Valley Forge Military Academy for a prep year, so I could get my grades up and get another year playing, and I, and that was when I balled out like I, I was balling. So that's <clears throat> Keith Stokes went to a military academy, Georgia Military, mm. with uh, one of my old teammates, Lacio Sanford. How was your military experience? Because he told me his was, you know, straight discipline. Oh yeah, I mean. It taught me a lot. Like, it wasn't – it was different, bro. Like, uh, so when you go there, um, you can't talk to family or nothing. You can write people your first month really? and a half, I believe, your first month and a half. And, like, you go through all the, 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 the drills, the bleep system about, you know, the 6 a.m. wake-ups, 30-second showers and all this craziness. Push-ups. You know what I'm saying? But it was – yeah, I mean, the push-up stuff was – that ain't about nothing. That ain't like we, nothing we ain't ever do before. And, and, like, it actually made you appreciate football more because once you got out of that, doing all that military stuff and you got to do go to practice, man, you were so happy to do something, anything outside <laughs> of that. Like, coach, whatever we want. What we got to do? What, sprints? What we got to do? And then don't let it be one of them regular regular uh, kids on the football team, one of the, one of the uh, guys telling you what to do. Oh, yeah, you on our turf now. <laughs> so we got a chance to get some payback. But, uh, no, nah, it definitely taught me discipline, man. It taught me how to control my emotions more. Uh, just be disciplined overall, not even on the football field, just like as a person, as a human being. So, and it just, 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 I think it was the best thing to probably that I've got a decision I made uh, to succeed in life in general, to be honest. Yeah. You think but, you uh, needed that year there to do what I only did a half a year. I got a half year. I got to sit home and I get, and, get, and get invited back home. I mean, I didn't get invited back to Valley Forge. <laughs> How did you get sent home? Ah, uh, man. Cause, um, all right, here we go. I'll tell you a story. This is this is like the first time, <laughs> first time story ever told. I give it to you, Nick. Exclusive. Um, exclusive here. And I don't even talk about it too much, nobody. Um, so it costs you, you had to get a scholarship to go to Valley Forge. I think it was like twenty thousand a year. Um, and I registered with Valley Forge where they, they wasn't giving no more scholarships or whatever. And that was the excuse. They probably thought I wasn't gonna be a a standout player or whatever the case may be because most of the guys that go to that uh, to go 
to these 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 schools, they already got scholarships. You know what I'm saying? These 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 colleges are sitting there. So even my roommate, he already had a full scholarship to Michigan for as for a corner. Just had to get his grades right. Exactly. So I got money up to pay for the uh, admissions. I got money to pay for all the uh, the equipment. You I mean the uniform stuff you had to get. And I got my parents to just give the head, like, yes, okay, he's good. I'm like, listen, I ain't asking y'all to pay for it. <laughs> just tell them to give them a good. I know we ain't got 20000 <laughs> Just tell them we got them. Season started, I balled out. Um, bills wasn't getting paid. So they kept calling, like, kept calling me, like, yeah, call your parents, call your parents. I said, nah, they told me they sent you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I done gave them the wrong numbers of people to call, like, I just knew I needed time to perform on the field, get yeah. my get the pass the SAT score, and keep my grades right, which I did. So I got all these schools looking at me. Uh, I was supposed to go either Big East, I was supposed to go either Syracuse, Maryland, Boston College, uh, West Virginia, damn, who else? And Pitt. Had all these offers. Um, I got sent home uh, and told not to come back until they get to the bills get paid. I'm like, it's a wrap. I'm like, a, I, mean, I can't go, whatever. I mean, these schools, they see me. And all these schools told me, nobody called me back. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, uh, yeah, Ted, uh, sorry to tell you, but we, we uh, shut up, Siri. I didn't say Siri. Um, they said, uh, sorry, we were using your grades for Valley Forge. And they're not releasing your transcripts until you pay their, pay their bill. Mm. So all these schools dropped me. Four of them came to Valley Forge when I was there. And I, I, seen, the, I seen the pamphlet, I seen the scout there. Cause like, oh, you get scouts every day come to, come to practice, come look at you. Like it's, like, it's crazy. And I asked them, like, what's four of them? It's like, Cody, don't talk to me. You're not going, you're not, you're not going one level A. They're like, don't waste my time. I'm like, yo, but it's New York City. I might like, I might be really going, I can't just go for education. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he said, yeah, whatever. You're going, we, already, we already know what scouts is at you. Like, we don't even, don't even waste our time. So fast forward, I'm home thinking like it's over. I'm thinking like, you know what, it's it. I probably ain't going to college. Fordham called me after uh, signing day. It was like a, it was like a Thursday night. They called me like a Thursday. I remember it was like Thursday night. I'm like, uh, damn, Tag, Courtney, what's up, man? We see you ain't go, uh, you, didn't, you, you didn't go no, go to none of the schools that we thought you were going to go to. You, uh, you interested in coming to Fordham? I said, I will come tonight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> where? 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 I flew, I, I mean, I caught the train there the next morning by myself, uh, caught the train there, coach, uh, damn, just forgot his damn name, oh man, that's terrible, because this guy saved my life, <laughs> See, drink, drink, drink too much with you, Nick, oh man, uh, good lord, this is crazy, oh man, you, you about to get me all in trouble, anyway, i get his name in a minute, head coach called me in the office, and was like, uh, Cornegay, so uh, we want you to see the campus. I said, I'm going to see nothing. Where the paperwork? He's like, you offer me a full ride? Cool. Where the paperwork? I don't need to see no locker room. I don't need to see no field, no nothing. You telling me you about to save my life. Dave Clawson. Sorry, Clawson. You my guy. Dave Clawson called me in the office and said, listen, this is, what, this is what it costs to go to Fordham. This is what you're getting. I was getting more than what it costs to go. And that was it. And that's how I got to Fordham. Wow. I'm like, this man say, he, he don't even realize that. He pro probably just telling him this down to like, Dave Clawson saved my life for sure. That's Fordham a crazy story. Yeah, man. 
And meanwhile, after I didn't fast forward again, I didn't play CFL plus plus years. Guess who called me for a jersey to put in a school? Dave Claus? No, Valley Forge Military Academy. <laughs> they want a jersey. You and the that? only reason why, hell no, only reason why I didn't get ignorant with it because the guy that wanted it, I actually loved and appreciated him for sure. Like he looked, he helped me out a lot. Like he was, it was, it was for the athletic program. The athletic program, hands down, loved them. They they looked out completely for me because they knew my situation a little bit, and you know they they definitely looked out for me. But still, no. You had to finagle the system, but do you not understand at all their their side of it? No, no, I do. I wasn't. I, I mean, I wasn't mad, you know, I, I was almost there. I, almost, I, was, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. I ain't had, I ain't had, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have the money to give to them. What do you want me to do? But you know, well, <laughs> but I appreciate them letting me uh, stay for the half a season. I, I mean, the half a year I did. Yeah. And you know, the re one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was to show people that are close or on their way that quit or give up. And just that story right there, there's just so much you overcame. For sure. For right? Sure. To finagle sure. your way into it, to stay there, and then to get out of it. Um, it's, it's so, like, people don't, I think some people just don't understand how hard it really is for a lot of people. They think, they see mm -hmm. you show up, they see you ball, and they like, oh, this guy's luckier. This guy has these advantages and this and that. But they don't see those stories. No, they don't. Like, uh, and it, and like, I, and I've seen both sides of it where, because I've, I've actually trained kids that come from, yeah. you know, money, and they have the opportunity to train with the elite trainers and this, this and that, where they think we can just teach them how to be the the, the magnificent player that they see on TV every day. It don't. Yeah. It ain't that easy. It ain't that easy. You see that you got it or you don't. I mean, even if you even if you don't got it, and somebody still can teach you the way, you'll get better for sure. Yeah. But you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of kids that come from poverty. And, and this is this is all we had. This is it. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, all I knew was football. Yeah. And, and, and it ain't that. That's all that's taught. That's all we want to see because everything else around us is so messed up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you 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 look at your peers because you you don't have too many you you don't have too many role models in the hood or, or, or where I grew up at. You don't. Yeah. Not the ones that are coming back to you and like, you know, basically schooling you to how to how to how to become a successful human being. You don't. All you got is your your peers. And you see your peers being a, a, a great uh, athlete on the football field or basketball field or whatever the case may be. That's all you got. So football was, yes, football was everything. And I think that's that's another thing that people don't understand about especially in the CFL. Like <clears throat> back home, it's different. Like when we when we see professional athletes, we see football. That was the that was the way out, you know. Yep. Like just, these are millionaires. This is this is this is changing. This is changing our lives. There's yep. nothing else that you want to do. And the CFL, you know, is different. Where I would say the Canadian football player, they see it as a you know as being a celebrity, being a professional athlete. But it's still like I'm a professional athlete, but I still got a regular job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or professional athlete, it was fun while I was here, but I'm. But this is what I'm really focused on. It ain't like that back home. Yeah. This is it. This that's it. So this is this is this is why they spend so much money in in in, in America because they know how much we put into it. 
you know, so. Yeah. And, you know, you train kids, I train kids. And one of the biggest things I always tell parents is it's, it's way cheaper to pay for the training and good training than it is to pay for scholarships or to pay for education. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. For sure. That's true. When you train kids, did you teach them? Did you, were you like a mentor? Did you teach them mentally how to play the game or did you just physically train them? Nah, I definitely, uh, <laughs> another story, Nick, You're pulling stories out of me right now. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know, I train guys in my, in my off season, I play, you know, I train mm-hmm. guys getting ready for the NFL combine at a gym called test sports clubs. Um, they're still running, still running strong. Still got a lot of athletes. They, they NFL guys, they put out uh, every, every year. Um, there was a kid by the name of when I when he was a kid then salute to my man Bryce McCain. Bryce McCain, <clears throat> DB from Utah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the kid that was on his on his uh, on the side on the other side as a corner, but the other guy got invited to the combine. Bryce didn't. The guy was a he was big though, like six two two fifteen specimen, like just a you know just what they're looking for for NFL combine. Yeah. Bryce is about five nine one eighty. Fastest lightning, the fastest man I've ever seen run. Fat, like, he ran a 419 at his pro day by all the scouts. Wow. Nobody talks about what people do at pro day. All the scouts that was at the damn combine, they clocked him at 419. It was between 417 and a, and a, and a 421. Man, that's moving. <laughs> that's moving. Bryce had an anger problem. So, like, you know. Little runt syndrome, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Steve Pit Bull, right? And Bryce, you know, sometimes like we would be at the jugs or whatever, he'll drop, he'll drop balls, right? And uh, it was one time where I'm sure he probably don't appreciate me sharing this story, but whatever. I don't care. He missed the ball. I'm like, Bryce, catch the effing ball, you know? I'm like, and he snapped at me. I'm like, oh, no. oh, he, like I felt like this is what was going. I'm like, oh, he don't, he don't know me. He don't know I played too. Like I, I ain't just no coach. I had to pull him to the side. Like, bro, at the end of the day, I'm a man. You a man. We can get it in right here. I ain't tripping. I'm looking. I ain't hit nobody in a minute. It's off season. I, I, I ain't tripping. We can fight all. We can fight it here right now. But you need. To, I said, what you need to do is figure out how to get your mind right and stop letting shit like this mess up your game. I said, because right now. You getting all upset and going crazy over a jug machine. Yeah. Somebody start giving you the business on that field, you checked out. And I ain't yeah. even talking about the game. I'm not talking about the game. I said, we, we know you don't get drafted. We don't know around you don't get drafted. I'm talking about during camp. Let me tell you something. If you a problem on that field before you even make it to, this, make it to the season, you ain't going to be on no team. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, and I put him to the side. And, I, and I, then I gave him a book called The Mind Gym. And I told him to read the shit. Read it. And he thanked me for it. Fast forward, once he got in the league, every time he had a problem, he, he, would, uh, he, would, he would text me the picture. I'm reading the dog. I'm reading it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was cool to know he, had, he accepted that he had, like, a little situation with him within yeah. himself as far as his, 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 his attitude, his anger, because it was affecting his game for sure. And he applied it. He, he, he fixed it, applied it. And shit, he played, I think he played in the league, like, 11, 12 years. Bryce That's awesome. Yeah, man, for sure. But, yeah, you definitely got to teach these kids, man. You just can't just show them drills. Yeah, and that's where and that's where I feel like they don't get from a lot of these other trainers is that knowledge and that experience and that understanding because you've been through that same fire. You understand mm-hmm. exactly what it's like and what it's been been happening, man. And I don't know, for me, I always got more excitement watching my kids ball. 
right? Yeah, watching yeah, him go sure. out there and win state championships, watching him in college. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the last of my um, heir basically is now I have two at Alabama, one at Northwestern, uh, one going to Utah, and one going to North Dakota. Mm, that's dope. Yeah, man. That's dope, so I'm excited, man. right? I'm excited about what they're going to do and how they're going to uh, make it happen. I know my running back, he's not redshirt, and he's going to play at Alabama. Oh, yeah? yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So it's I'm excited, man, to see see him out there ball. So I watched um the one going to Alabama and the one going to Utah. I watched them play the state championship game this year, this past year. Okay. Nice. Yeah. They won and yeah, I've been a part of eight of they've won eight of the last eleven state championships in Alito, where I've trained kids for the last twelve years. And yeah, so it's been good to be a part of all of them. Congratulations to that, brother. Man, I yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good feeling, man. Like, it, like yeah. we can't play no more. You gotta, I, I, I'm like, I, I love, like, even when I play, like, guys couldn't understand while I was training guys to get rid of NFL, and I'm, I'm playing up in the CFL. Like, it ain't about me. It's about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't tripping. Like, ain't no, because at the end of the day, so the that was so at the end of the day when I used to train these guys, they like every now and every year you get somebody like, well, he know he just CFL, he ain't NFL. I said, I said, guess what? It's 50 of y'all here. I said, it's about 10 of y'all probably get drafted. Probably about five of y'all get um, get get a free agent contract. The rest of y'all going to call me and ask for if I got a number for anybody to sign you on the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> I said, listen, it ain't no different. It ain't no, no. difference. It just ain't no room. It ain't no room. It ain't yeah. no room. It ain't no room. When you, when you train these kids – and you're looking at them and you're seeing their success on the field. Mm-hmm. And you're, like you said, you got guys trying to go to the NFL. What's kind of like your, your thing that you tell them, you know, to navigate? Because it is somebody else's decision and they have yeah. to be able to withstand here and know or getting released. And like we know the NFL is not the most talented players. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Um, I, what I what I try to tell them in the beginning, like, we don't take it personal. No, it's business. But just because it's business, you gotta keep the business outside the field. And when it's on that field, you gotta be that same player you've been as you and what got you here. You know, like you gotta be feisty. You gotta you gotta just know that it's just you out there. You ain't got yeah. no friends on that field. If you want to make this team, listen. You ain't got no friends on that field. You got to get your spot and not worry about nobody else's spot, period. Yeah. Just know if it don't go your way, it's a business. It's a business. And you got to accept it. It ain't over. It's, it's only over if you let it be over. You know, so you, you, you got you to, they got to be equipped to be able to keep, turn that switch on when you're on that field and keep it on. When we turn time turn it off and accept it as a business and do everything possibly to gain that attention on the business side, off the field. You got to give, gotta give everybody all your, uh, Every little good aspects of you, you can while you while you playing on and off that field. Yeah. How did you handle it? Like you come on, to, you come to Hamilton. Did you get NFL looks coming out or anything? Yeah, I was or? pissed. I was I was pissed when I got to CFL. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I was so pissed off. Like so, um, come out of come out of Fordham, like uh, like Fordham for instance. I was just happy to go to school. I was happy yeah. to be on the team at first. I played. I started my all four years. But then I didn't take it seriously. Like, I can make it to – damn, I might be able to make it to the league. 
to my junior year. My senior year, I was a consensus All-American, yeah. number one in the na- number one DB in the nation, um, in one double A, ranked above all the top one hundreds, one A, one double A. Um, I didn't get drafted, didn't get a free agent contract. Killed my pro day. I did everything they told me to do. They said I needed to run a at least a four four. I ran a four three seven. They said I had to be 185. They must say I had to be 180 because I was only 172 pounds. No, I was like 166 pounds playing. <laughs> I was 183. They said I had to do um, 401 in the short shuttle. I ran a 382, the fastest time you've probably ever heard of. And it's, it's on paper. They couldn't believe it. I ran a 636 L drill. Mm, I, did, I, did eight, I did 18 on a bench, 225. You see, you know my size. I did 18 yeah. times, and I had a, uh, I think a 38 and a half inch vertical. You give me all this, you, t- you give me all these accolades, this and that. I don't get drafted. I don't get a free. Like, I don't know what else I was supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did everything. You said I was number one in the nation. I didn't. So like, I, I was pissed. Like, I think, I think that's when I kind of like, I started losing love, and then I yeah. started really looking at it as a business. So like, even when I got to Canada. I was disrespecting Canada. Like I didn't, I really didn't know too much about the CFL. I didn't know what I was walking into until I got in that field during camp. Like, oh shit, these dudes is real. <laughs> like, I'm like, Damn. I was like, you went to where? Oh, I said, I'm thinking I'm, I'm gonna be with some Canadians that, what? <laughs> that I never heard of. And I'm here, I'm seeing all these names. I'm like, oh, I remember you, I remember you. First receiver I went against was Andre Sauer. Yeah, that boy can roll. Hey, that boy can roll. Let me tell you something. Man, oh, man. I think <laughs> Damon Allen did a flea flicker on me. Man, I was playing catch-up. Boy, I was, you know, when you get there running. The oh, shit mode. <laughs> Bro, Damon threw it a little bit too far, and we both was diving, and we was falling, and I just happened to tip the ball out of his hand. We on the ground saying, I said, motherfucker, who are you? Do you know who I am? I'm the fastest man on two feet. <laughs> That's what he told you. I was like, "Welcome to the CFL, Ted. You got a problem." But yeah, man, when I when I went up to Canada, um, at first I was I was uh, disgruntled, and I was I was just pissed because I didn't I wasn't in the NFL, and I kind of was disrespecting the league a little bit. And then once I got out there, I'm like, "Damn, this is real. I got to take this shit serious." Um, yeah. And I kind of just buckled down. Like I had to buckle down and. Let the veterans know. I wasn't even. I knew I couldn't. I had to. I wasn't trying to compete with the rookies. I really wasn't. There yeah. ain't too many rookies that make the team. I got to compete with some of these veterans. So when I went up here, I looked and see. Okay, which one of these veterans is the starters? I got. Who, who I gotta, was some of the DB starters there that year? Oh uh, man, uh, Dedrick Mathis was a corner. Uh, I think Arabin Arabin Justin was there. Yeah. Arabin Justin, uh, Renard Cox. Uh, Chris Martin, uh, man, who else? Uh, man, I can't remember. It was, it was that's the was a uh, Mark Jason, Jason Goss. Jason, Jason Goss. Goss. No, yeah, no, we talking about 05, Nick. 05. When did Marquise get there? I came in 05. Marquise didn't get there till I, I was in Saskatchewan. Oh, uh, Jason Goss. Jason yeah. Goss was there. TCU. Um, yeah, it was. We had we had crazy. We had a lot of good people on paper. We just couldn't play together for nothing. I don't know what the hell was wrong with us. But um, yeah, we had some we had some players, and that that year, man, I like Deidre got cut, and then I started I I started the rest of the year. I, yeah, I started the rest of the year. Um, half of the year, 
So, but people don't know, I got thrown in the trenches because that was when there was that was when there was a young G Roy, a young yeah. Copeland, young Rambo. <laughs> I was going against a lot of bees at that time. Yeah, yeah, we was all young then. Man, I mean, I was because milk was even giving it to him still. Yeah, milk. I I had a I had a fast milk. I had a milk was getting it. I I went against a lot of them players, man. Like my rookie year. I think um, yeah. I mean, Edmonton still had I think Terry and, Vaughan, and Her- Herbie was still balling. Ed Hervey, Jay Chuck, um, all of them. Yeah, a couple of years later, Kelly Campbell used to roll too. Kelly Campbell. Had to deal with Livingston and the pump return. Just your Livingston, yeah. Man, listen, I'm, my rookie year, if you made it as my rookie year as a DB, <laughs> listen, listen. I lasted a long, I probably was the only one to last as long as I did. My my class, shit, it was, that was tough. It was, you got thrown in the trenches, boy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of great receivers. There was a lot of talent, a lot of talent. A lot of talent. <laughs> Like everybody had like two or three. It wasn't like just one or, yeah, or yeah. two. Because even G. Roy, what he had Paris Jackson and Claremont and and those. What was that guys. big fat? No, they had the big fast dude. Oh, what was his name? Oh man, big fast swole mother. Oh man, he was big. He went to league right his after name. his first year. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Too. <laughs> oh, he was. Oh, he was a big dude, man. Oh, I can't remember his name. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't remember him either at the top of my head. Played against Ricky Williams that year. Remember Ricky came up? Yeah, Ricky did come up that year. Yeah. Andre Rising came up one year. I put Rising out. I got Rising cut. That was the first that was the first receiver I went against preseason. Really? 05. I'll never forget that. I went out there because I, I didn't play the first preseason game because uh I had sprayed my AC joint. And they was like, uh, you're playing uh this game or you, you go home. Like, All right. Go ahead and put that thing in there. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna try to put nobody on blast. <laughs> put that thing in and let me play. And I and I was going against Andre Rise. I'm like, oh shit, I'm playing against Bad Moon Rise. This is crazy. Yeah. So I remember the first first route he ran was an out route. And you know in Hamilton they got the dugouts. Yeah. I was going to jump it, but I was like, nah, I want to hit this mother. I want to hit him. <laughs> I got up. I, he ran an out route. I broke on it late, and I hit him. Hit him out of bounds. He slid and fell in the dugout. Got up and threw the ball at me. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Andre Rising just threw the ball at me. I was more happy that he threw the ball at me than playing against him. I got two picks on him. I got two picks on him. He ran a, he ran a smooth-ass uh, dig on me, though. Oh, man. I was, whew, that was, Who was the quarterback then? Cleo Lemon or Damon? Damon was still the Damon. quarterback? Yep, Damon. Damon broke the record that year. No, he broke the record the second year. Well, 06. Yeah, Damon. Damon was a quarterback. Yeah. Out of all the rivalries, you played in Hamilton, Toronto. You played in the Calgary, Edmonton. And you played in the Winnipeg Saz. Rank those in order of most heated to – I mean, they're all heated, but which no, one is the most – or most intense? Which uh, – who's BC's rival? That's – that's, you know, BC don't ass. have a rival. Okay. Rival. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's, it's really so – it's just really Sass and just Winnipeg. Sass, Winnipeg, Sass Winnipeg, Calgary, Hamilton, Calgary, Toronto, Edmonton. and then Calgary, Edmonton. You think Calgary, right Edmonton's now. last? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm talking about the atmosphere, me playing yeah. in those, like, there's, like, fights, and it's, it's crazy for the Hamilton-Toronto game, for sure. But the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game, oh, shit, that is nuts. That's crazy. I mean, they shut the whole city down. 
Yeah. You see when when they come in, when they when they when they come in, they the Winnipeg Blue Mountains can't even stay in a hotel close by. Like they already like it's crazy. That game is crazy. It's because you gotta understand it's a, those are cults. That's <laughs> a cult. Blue Bombers, that's a cult. Everybody else just fans in the world. <laughs> just fans. This is this is the life. This is Rider Nation is real. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I first got to Calgary, they were like, I don't care if you go two and sixteen, you just better beat Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Calgary, I would say. But kind yeah. of Calgary SAS has kind of taken over that rivalry yeah. for the last, yeah. you know, 15 years because of playoff games. For sure. For right? sure. How many Western finals has Calgary played SAS in? I have no clue, but it's a lot I mean, for sure. Right. So 07, 08, I think. No, it wasn't 07. No, it was 09, 10, 12. Definitely 09. Yeah. <laughs> 13. Yeah, was, that, was, that, was that the year that, that we had our little Twitter beef, 09? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know what's crazy, Nick? Every athlete in the world should thank us. Do you know we were the first – I don't care enough. We were the first two athletes that ever do that. Yeah. And it, and it made the game so – like, they, they, they highlighted us on mostly every play. They highlight us almost every play. And then, remember, I think going into the following year, they kind of slapped us on the wrist about it. Yeah. And then now, oh, please do. Oh, now you see us generating money. Oh, please, oh tweet, guys. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> do it all. so what we're talking about was is, is Tad hit me up. He says, hey, let's go at each other on Twitter. Let's pump this game up a little bit more. And we didn't even know each other like that. No, we didn't. Nick didn't. Nick, he never respected him as a player until I became his teammate. Just we're gonna put it out there. <laughs> he, thought I was, thought I was, he thought I was trash. He thought I was a terrible player. He thought I sucked. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just gonna tell you this. He says this personally to me on a drunk night at a bar. <laughs> so I know it was real. This is re- this is how he really felt. But at least I know he didn't just. He just didn't know me. <laughs> yeah, and you know it, it. It it is what it is. But you're you you are uber talented, but. You know, we went at it on Twitter. Fans got involved. I remember landing in Sask, and someone had changed my Wikipedia page and said that I had AIDS. Yeah, definitely a Rough Rider definitely said that to you. I mean, a Rider Nation player, I mean, a Rider Nation fan probably definitely did that for sure. And then I went out, I remember I went out and tweeted, (laughs) like, cool, I'll get my lawyers or get the police involved. And if this is not removed, then. Then it, it it was removed. I don't know who removed it, <laughs> but because you know everybody can edit a Wikipedia page. You know what? I didn't know that in the beginning. I, yeah. I know that now. I know that now. Yeah, I didn't know it either until then, because okay. I thought I thought you made it once you got a Wikipedia page. Me too. Me so too. So you can go create your own. I didn't know that, but now, nah, <laughs> but I mean, you can, but you. I, I don't think they let you put a picture up or something. Really? I don't know. I don't know. But when I got on Wikipedia, I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling. I'm good money." <laughs> they still got my skinny picture on Wikipedia, so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, they got my. I hope they don't ever take a new picture. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm skinny. I don't like. I'm not supposed to be this skinny. I, I got the picture of me catching a ball over Chip. The Chip, yeah. Chip Cox, great player. <laughs> great player. I like Chip. That's my guy. So when you go from Hamilton to, to Saskatchewan. 
and instantly in a great cup that year, 2007. What was that like? You know what? Because we were so bad in Hamilton. I almost forgot how it felt to win. We we went my first year we went five and thirteen, then the second year four and fourteen, and new coaches came in. I knew it was gonna be a shit show. I'm like, oh god, these dudes didn't even know it was three downs in the league. They they just came from NFL Europe. It's like, oh, it's only three downs. I was like, oh god, <laughs> this is gonna be a long season. Hmm. So when I got trade, I was kind of pissed off because I it was probably like the best camp I ever had, and then uh. I had just bought a condo. I was I was pissed, you know. I got traded. I'm like, no, not nah, Saskatchewan. Not in the place that's in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, <laughs> I hated coming here when we was playing against them. And then when I got there, seeing the fans, how they how they interacted with with the, with the, with the game, and just seeing the, how even in the city, like yes, that you are everything. Yeah. And seeing how the team actually knew how to play together and winning. I'm like, damn, this is it. This is then this is football. I kind of, I kind of lost the love of football. Like, yeah, all I cared about was, uh, you know, playing the game in Hamilton. You know, team. Listen, we partied hard after the games. We, you thought we won a great cup every game we played, and we knew we was losing, but we part, we won in the, we won in the, uh, in the club. That's Village. That's Village. And I was going to Toronto a lot. Oh, okay. Love, love Toronto for sure. I was there in Toronto so much. You probably thought I was Argo. <laughs> but yeah, man, going to Saskatchewan definitely uh, brought back the love of the game for sure. Brought back the love of the game because I was, I was absolutely losing it. I mean, just not making it to the NFL and then coming to a team and we losing. It was, it was, it was all bad. Yeah, but, you uh, had some great players there in Sass on that defense. Oh yeah, Eddie Davis yeah. and Omar Morgan yeah. and. Was Reggie Hunt still oh, there then? Oh, 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 07, Omar wasn't there. That was the year Omar went to Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Eddie was there. Fred Perry was there. Fred Perry. Fred was a beast. Yeah, Southern Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. Fred yeah. was there. We had, we had a few good, we had a lot of good players, though, that year. Yeah. You ended up winning the, winning the championship that year. Yeah, uh, one cup. What's his name? Uh, JJ had... Three picks? James Johnson, yep. James Johnson. Three picks. Three picks in the Great Cup. That's crazy. That's all I can say. That's all I can say, though. <laughs> I think that was the change of, of, of Saskatchewan, though. I think that, oh, yeah, for I sure. I think that's when a lot of the younger generation got on board winning that Great Cup. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, new, it was a new uh, management. New, uh, you know, that yeah. was when Eric Tillman came there. And, uh. He changed the whole atmosphere of it because even when I got there, like, cause me, I'm a, you know, I'm a people's guy. I'm, I'm always, I like being, I like being in, involved in the communities and like, I'm, I want to know all the owners of restaurants and stores and like, you know, just let everybody know we're not just athletes, we're good people, you know? Yeah. I like to treat this like home. So when I first got out there, Earl's was like, they, they started calling Earl's Tad's place. Cause that's how I, I, I lived in Earl's and Saskatchewan. Earl's for the girls. Lot. But when I went to Earl's, the first time I went, I couldn't get no, I couldn't get no service. And I'm sitting there like, the hell? I'm like, is it because I'm black? <laughs> like, I was kind of, man, I got to deal with this here? <laughs> and then I'm like, me, I'm like, yeah. And I sat down, I'm like, I don't care. I'm wait. Somebody gonna come here. <laughs> I ain't tripping. You're gonna get to know me. Um, somebody finally served me and I ate, cool with them, tipped them, and I walked, went to go walk out. And then I, the manager came to me like, yo, I apologize, man. I'm just gonna tell you how it is. Like, Riders aren't supposed to be served here. 
They was like, you guys are banned from here. I'm like, uh, well, I'm Ted Cornegay. I'm a new writer. I don't know about these old writers. Mm. I don't know what kind of attitude they had, but it's going to be different here. As long as I'm here, you ain't worry about no problems with me. Anybody with me, you're going to carry that stuff the right way. They, they, was, they, was, they, was, they was like happy that I, I came to them like that. And ever since then, the relationship grew. You know, and Which location was it? This was the one in the south side. The south. Earl South. Yep, Earl South. That's better. Yeah, yeah Earl South. So, yeah, I had my own drink there. Wednesday became Tad Wednesdays. Uh, we had a DJ there. I see you standing <laughs> on bar, the bar and, and everything. Oh, oh and on yeah. tables. Yeah, because it was a big joke that I did that one time. And then, like, some people wasn't happy about it. And I bought them drinks. And they was cool with it. They started picking me up and put me on the bar. But that last picture you see me in, that was, like, my last day in Saskatchewan when I got traded to BC. It was a, it was a sad moment. How was that move? Because you were sad to get traded to Saz. But well, I, I got, well, I got cut. Okay. Released. I got released. I got released. Um, it was crazy. It was. It was. It was terrible because um, the fans hated it. I was. That was. I was a trending topic on Twitter because of the fans went crazy about that. Mm. Um, yeah, it was new coaching. New. They brought new coaches in. Uh, well, new coach, new head coach. They brought Richie Hall back, and none of us were seeing eye to eye. Um, really, I mean, I mean, you tell me, Nick. How, how would you put? Player like me from all the years of what I was playing with since I got Chiquan, going into my year in BC, they moved me to field corner. They moved wow. me to play me to field corner. After all the stuff that I was doing when Echeverry was there and I was Will playing position, and moving around I played Will Linebacker at 170 pounds. <laughs> what was any of us thinking? But obviously I was crazy enough to do it. And I made All-Star playing linebacker slash DB. And you come in and – you put these new, you put these young guys in players, and I mean in positions where they're gonna get exposed. They're not ready for it. I never forget that game. Like uh, the first game we played was against Montreal, the team we just lost to in the in the, in the Great Cup. And Gaville came to me like, Corey, we 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 heard you was a field corner this week. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. They start laughing, and they told everybody, "Yeah, it's real." Cornegay on the field corner. Okay, we good. <laughs> That's what they said. Like we go, we good over there in the boundary. We good. I'm like, and then we getting beat. That we getting our brakes beat up, beat out of our hands, bro. And then I spaz on the sideline. Like I couldn't take it no more. Like this is like game three. We going on three. Yeah. I spazzed out. I mean, I, I lost it. And you know, that's not the typical. Um, um, the atmosphere that uh, they expect to see in yeah. Saskatchewan on the sideline. So it kind of rubbed, rubbed the organization the wrong way a little bit. But it wasn't nothing I wasn't saying that wasn't true. Yeah. Like they kept they kept telling me, you know, I'm not on their page. Uh, I'm not seeing, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not buying into what they're selling. And my thing was, you're not selling this shit. Yeah. We, we own three. We just, we're, we're, we just lost in a great cup. We own three. And nobody listened to, listened to what I got to say. And I'm not trying to be an a-hole or be complicated, but it's not working. We yeah. own three. <laughs> and, you know, and I had a conversation with him after that after that game. And he had a, this is when they called me off. You know, they called me off because I already knew what it was. It's like, oh, we're moving in another direction. I'm like, and I, and I said what I had to say. And then, um, you know, he's like, oh, well, this changes things. I said, coach, you ain't got to sugarcoat me. This ain't changed nothing. 
I know I'm about to get released. I ain't tripping. It's cool. Good luck. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> That's Kamaya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's so All right. cute. <laughs> so, uh, so then I got called in by the GM. I'll never forget. He called me like, what the hell happened? I thought we was good. I said, eh, stop playing with me. <laughs> you had this meeting. All y'all got to sit at the round table. <laughs> they told you what happened. He's like, I know. He's like, we can't say nothing. We can't, we can't release you till uh, after uh, midnight. So he was like, you're going to go on Twitter, aren't you? I said, you damn right I'm going to go on Twitter. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I know how this is played. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let y'all tell this story. And, and get this all misconstrued like it's, this is all me. Yeah, that was the that was the powerful part of Twitter when it first came out. Exactly. exactly. You got to you got to tell your narrative. So I'd let the people know I was getting released before they even did it. And it blew up. It blew up. It blew up. And they're like, oh what the hell are you crazy? You're letting go of the best player on the team. Our team our team was a was a was pissed off. Everybody was pissed off. Yeah. Like cause they knew I wasn't I wasn't lying. I wasn't telling the truth. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't uh, lying to them. They didn't make the playoffs that year, bro. They won. They, first of all, I, I, I'm not gonna say all that. <laughs> the, the head coach that waited it was Greg Marshall. He waited years and years to be a head coach that year. He waited years and years to be a head coach. He finally got his head coach job, and I told him in that meeting with just me and him. I said, "At the end of the day, you gonna let me go, but when it's gonna go right." They gonna blame you. You you making you making a call. You making a call. And Saskatchewan don't like losing. And damn if they ain't release his ass in the middle of the season. Yeah. How you you get you get fired your first year as a head coach. And he wasn't a bad dude. He wasn't a bad coach. Crazy. Bad information. Bad information. But yeah, that's what um, happens. So I got a Twitter. I told him they went crazy. Blah blah. Let me go. Team was mad. They won the next game without me. They thought they was going to be out in the clear. And then after that, they didn't win another game. That's crazy. BC, BC brought me in. BC was 0-5 when they yeah. called me. 0-5 called me. Wally kept it 100 with me. I like, I love Wally. Wally, yeah. a lot of people don't, a lot of people couldn't deal with Wally. But Wally, he's, he's, he's hard-nosed he's hard and he gets to the point. I, what, what can you not like about a guy that just ain't going to bullshit you? Yeah. You tell him, he said, Ted, I'm bringing you in here. I'm going to give you what you, what, you, what, you, what you had over there. If you're not who you are, I'm cutting you. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he, said, he said, if you are who you are, good, you'll stay on the team. He said, he said listen, we're on five. We're probably not going to make playoffs. That's what, this is exact word. We're probably not going to make playoffs. I might get fired. What the hell, whatever. As long as you are who you are and you play your best ability, so be it. Let's see how, uh, how good we can do it. That's another That's great secondary you stepped into. Bro, let me tell you something. Mars, that Banks, year, Phillips. That year was the easiest football I ever played in my life. Yeah, Ruffin was there. Yeah. We had too, we had too much experience, bro. It was uh, in that secondary. It was me. It was me and Ryan, me and Ryan on one side. Banks was playing the uh, you know, the, the Sam bouncing yep. back and forth. So it was me, Ryan, and Banks, and then it was Marsh, 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 and Banks. It was too much experience. And then our, our front line was dogs. When I mean that was the easiest football because you didn't have to think. You know what I'm saying? Like, people yeah. understand, like, so it's cool to have talent on the field. But when you got experience out there, when you ain't got to think, you, I, like, Ryan knew if I did this, he's going to do that. Vice versa. If I give Ryan a look, go get it, I got you. Both of you are two of the smartest players 
defensive players like I've been around to actually know the game oh, Ryan, and Ryan, yeah, you and RP yeah, man. That's right. Well, me and Ryan on that field, bro. What I mean, <laughs> it was so easy. Football was so easy, and it was so refreshing to have somebody that didn't that didn't you didn't have to cater like you just have to, you, you could just play ball. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like me, me and Lance Frazier, we did we had we had some good moments over there too in Saskatchewan. For yeah, sure. me and Lance did our thing for sure. But you know, but I was bouncing around a lot in Saskatchewan too uh, when I was playing. So I only had a certain certain plays with Lance. We made some plays together. But uh, just knowing that. Man, you you got so much experience next to you, and the ball was coming out fast because our deep our detail our D line was dogs, man. Easy, bro. I don't know. I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. We went from zero and five to winning the Great Cup. And Eleven and seven. Every team. Uh, was it Edmonton, us, Calgary, and BC tied at eleven and seven. Yep. But due to like the record against each other, y'all got the home field in the first round bye, which was crazy. We were so happy. I was so happy because because I was sick. I had like a hundred and something fever that that uh no no that was the first playoff game. Yeah, man, I was sick the first playoff game. But yeah, man, uh, well it was like but going to going to BC was 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 it was was refreshing. It was like that great cup. Even though the Saskatchewan great cup was my first great cup and it was, it was a big win for me. I didn't play defense that that game that, that game because um uh Ken Austin. J, J, Javon Johnson tell you the same thing. He was pissed because me and JJ would start corners at the end of the season due to a couple of injuries and stuff like that. But they pulled us. Like we felt like shit. We played most of the season. What's up, man? Like we we should be uh even though I got I got traded there that year. Like shit, we should be finishing. And he's like, no, I gotta put the, my regular guys in. You play special teams. I was like, man, that's some bullshit. But anyway, um, so when I went to BC because how I got I felt like I, I got done so dirty in Saskatchewan. And then I got the BC and help this team, whether they want to admit it or not, go from on five to winning the Great Cup. We went, we we went seven games straight without without giving up a touchdown. They don't talk about that. They talk about all this offensive stuff. Like yeah. me and Bruce, me and Bruce came at the same time. Bruce might have came like a week after me. So that like, was huge when y'all got Arlen Bruce, man. Yeah, for sure. We didn't give up a touchdown in seven games straight. People don't see that because it was like. No field goals and an extra extra one point or whatever. But if you look at the stats, we didn't give up a touchdown for seven games straight in a CFL. Come on, man. Come yeah. On. We won the cup in Vancouver. I remember that. Me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I had a party. But yeah, that yeah. was that was a great moment though. Great moment for sure. Then how did you get to Calgary the next year? I don't know, man. Huff must have been in uh, panic mode and just called my old ass uh, and told him come up. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I thought I was going to still be in BC. Um, I don't know how the hell I didn't get re-signed to BC, to be honest. I, I, I mess with Ryan Phillips and and and, uh, and Banks all the time. Like, one of y'all hated on me. They didn't want me to make all that money. <laughs> it's okay. Y'all want to y'all wanna stay there. It's all right. I was out, man, out. I was out, man, in, out, man, out. Um, because there was no reason why they should have separated us for sure. Yeah. That Lord, that man. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't sign me. Um, I got to Calgary. Uh, I got. A, I just got a call. Man, I, I was. I was training. I didn't get. I didn't get invited to camp nowhere. I was kind of happy because, man, I had a great time in the summer. Uh, <laughs> it's my first first summer off. <laughs> got to enjoy my birthday at home. Um, Huff called me, asked me if I want to come up and play. I'm like, hell yes. I'm waiting. I'm still in training. I might have been half drunk because it was my birthday weekend. We called <laughs> me on the, came up, 
got his opportunity to play again. And then what happened next? So, Dude, what happened? Just you coming to Calgary. Um, <laughs> LaMarcus Coker, Tad Cornegay, <laughs> Kenny Petway. Oh, man. And myself and Joffrey. Oh, my God. And Woo! What a ride. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll let you start that up, but I don't know how, how much it is. I don't know if I'm in the backseat or the passenger <laughs> for a passenger on this. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that was an experience for sure I'll never forget. For Have sure. you been yeah, around a team? Me. Have you been around a team that partied as hard as we did? Absolutely not. I don't know how y'all function. I didn't know how. I don't know how I started functioning as a football player, as a professional <laughs> football player. I mean, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I I probably party hard my whole career, but I never had so many of us partying so hard, coming in the locker rooms, uh, still a little wasted after the uh, after the night before. I mean, I was known for that. They called NBC Dante Marsh Nick Nick. Yeah, drunk, drunk uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I've been given that look name a couple of times. Um, BJ, B, BJ Cunningham, um, he called me, what's his name? Um, dude, I just forgot his name. Yeah. Um, Shameless. We parted together. We you seen together Shameless? Shameless? You seen the show Shameless? I watched it all the Frank. time. Frank. He called Frank? me Frank Gallagher. Oh, Frank Gallagher. <laughs> oh, That's the worst human being on earth. He's, he's the worst human being on earth. <laughs> BJ's like, man, you drank like Frank. Lance Frazier did an interview and said, I'm not playing with Todd unless he's had drunk from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I said, damn, that's terrible. Dude, it was yeah. just, you know, that was just the way it was in Calgary. And I remember even Dinwiddie, when Dinwiddie, when I got to Montreal in 15, didn't want his running back coach, and he asked me about Calgary and all this other stuff, and, and Dave and concepts, and we would talk about all that stuff. And then he was like, "Yeah, these guys in Montreal, I think some of the guys party too much, and uh, they're not really focused." I said, "Dinwiddie, they don't party as much as we party, because like mm -hmm. even when I went to Montreal, like mm -hmm. yeah, those party, guys, those guys were famous. those guys were like, dude, you're on a different level." Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was I was upset that I, I found somebody that was on the same level as me. I was upset, Nick. I was I'm not gonna lie to you. I was upset that you are on the level that you were on because I'm like, there's no hope for me. There's no there's absolute <laughs> no hope for either of us. <laughs> we're gonna have to do uh do another stampede, man, soon. So For sure, bro. Let me know. I mean I'm I'm starting to settle in, uh, you know, the I, I didn't do too much traveling because the the little girl came up, came about, so she's two now, so I can, you know, spread my wings a little more and come up yeah. here. But I, I really want to bring the family up so we can get our family together, too. Well, that sounds good, man. <laughs> so the transition. After football, you transitioned. We talked a little bit earlier, and, and you found your way in the Luminous. What you, what you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to the most right now? Right now, man, um, to be honest, like, it's just it's, – to create an empire, bro. Like just for, for my for my family, you know. Like uh it's not about me no more, you know. Like yeah. it was it was all about me before I had these kids and before I had a, before I created my family. And now it's just about my family as far as my kids, you know, and and, and, and everything else everything else that comes after them as far as, you know, 
their kids and their kids' kids, you know. So it's all about creating a legacy and an empire, making sure we don't struggle. There's no struggle involved in creating that uh, financial freedom yeah. for, for the family. Uh, one of my previous guests, uh, Nick Ring, talked about this book called uh, The Winner Effect. Mm. Have you read it? I've heard of it. No, I haven't read it. Yeah, it's heard a good book, it. man. I've, I'm one chapter in already, so I'm really enjoying it. It talks about success. And mm. um, is it natural that when you're successful that your kids are going to be successful? Mm. And it talks about how like a lot of successful people – spend so much time away from their kids that their kids don't end up being successful mm -hmm. because they, they depend on either the success of their parents without being yep. around them to learn how they became successful. Yep. So finding <clears throat> that, yeah. Finding that balance of just. For sure. For sure. I mean, right now that's, I take Deuce to the warehouse with me. Like yeah. you, you, you see my warehouse. So yeah. He, he, like I've taken me and let him sit in that damn chair and watch watch me work. Like people don't understand, I, I I run a company, but I don't just run a company and hire workers to come do a lot of stuff. I want to be involved in all aspects of the part of, of the business because I want to be able to say, not just say I did this. I yeah. want to be able to know if I do hire certain people for certain positions, they ain't be BSing me. I know exactly the standards that I expected to be because I was actually in there too. I know what yeah. I know what it is to do, what it takes to do it. So. He, I, I show my son the same thing. He sit there, and be pissed off. Oh, get rid of you! Why you work so much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how my daughter to make is. Sure you, to make sure you can play the game you playing, little little punk. Yeah, I always got to be able to give them what they want to uh, show them the good life. Right? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. You got to show more aspects. Show them, you got anything? The, uh, anything for young athletes getting into it, or anything for people right now in the time we're in? Oh, man, I mean, the timing, like meaning COVID. And, yeah, man, COVID and the BLM and everything going on right now. Black Lives Matter. You better have a plan B and a plan C. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know where this, where this world is going, to be honest. Yeah. COVID, is gonna, COVID is, has changed the world already. The paranoia is set in. You don't know if sports are going to be the same. Yeah. I mean, the businesses are finding out that they don't need offices no more. Yeah. Because they, had, they figured it out. They had to figure it out. So these buildings are struggling about to start, see foreclosures in big buildings. It's going to be crazy. Like, there's a lot of changes in the world in general. So yeah. we don't know where sports is going to take us. Have a plan B and C, meaning it's this, this Black Lives Matter thing and all this uh, – injustice in the world we don't even know if life is going to be the same as far as being enjoyable like in one wrong one wrong thing one more wrong thing we can have a civil war in the, in the u.s yeah people don't people don't understand that it's crazy like it's that it's that bad right now and if that happens who knows what world we're gonna live in so for athletes yeah we, we still train Get ready for, for, for God knows what, but definitely don't depend on it anymore like you used to, for sure. Yeah. You got you to gotta understand, like, find another way, for sure. Can you cover one aspect or just the aspects of – because we understand branding, right? Mm -hmm. Your brand, your reputation, 
um, what you've built from playing and and while you were playing, like we talked about earlier, we were the first ones in the CFL on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And to do it so, you know, and publicly, can you just talk about the importance of branding yourself and being able to set yourself up to for where you are now? Because, you know, from sitting with Jordan, the interaction with Tyson to um, your relationships that you've built with all these people over the years, can you just talk a little bit about just that aspect of your life. Yeah, man, I would say like your character is everything and your impressions on the outside world will always reflect in your future. Um, I've always tend to carry myself um, at a high standards as far as you never know who you meet, you know, so not, you should never be who you are. You should never change who you are. And just I would just be consistent with it, you know, because you never know who you meet. I mean, when I, I mean, I'm a CFL player. You wouldn't think I know all the, the people I do know. I guess I mean people want to say that because they label us as, you know, they put us on labels: CFL guy, not yeah. NFL guy, blah blah blah, whatever you want to call it. But that's not how I met the people I met. That's not how I know the people I know. It's about how I carry myself. I would like to say, I'd like to, I'd like to think anyway. Um, I've always kept good relationships. I never burn bridges. Cause you never know what once it's all over once it's all said and done everything comes back in a full circle yeah you're going to be able to you want to rub elbows with somebody once again just because you might have met them once at a charity event or at some fundraiser or even at a even at your practice or at a game like you never know you might need that person or he might need you later on in life so always carry yourself at high standards no matter what because you never know who you're going to be for yeah. sure i mean like like right now like i'm like for my business I'm getting good leads and good good callbacks and having good meetings because of the relationships I created because of football. Like I made sure I used CFL as a platform, you know, as a oh, platform. 100%. We didn't make nowhere near enough money to say, this is, this is all we got to do and we're good to keep, to carry our families. Hell no. But we, it will put us in a, in a position and in a situation to be around people that do have that type of money and see value in you off the field yeah so they're waiting for you to be done if you if you if you if you held your ground the right way or you you know you held your, your standards high when you first met these people so just know all this comes to an end as far as sports yeah when it's over that's what really makes you who you are to be honest like where you want to go you want to be running your own company you want to have a great job or you want to be you know what? I'm not gonna say the professions. I don't want to offend nobody, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Are you gonna be still in the same struggle? Yeah. Trying to That's find, it. trying to make ends meet. You know what I'm saying? So, just carry yourself at a high standards at all times because it pays off in the future for sure. Hundred percent. Great words, man. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you, how they can get a hold of, uh, get some luminous. Yeah, man, you know, I'm still the same old me. Um, I kind of died out a little bit from the uh, Tad TV days. Tad TV days, you know, I got to bring it back. I'll probably bring it back with the kids. So I still have my Twitter, Thadito. It ain't going to change, which is the same as my Instagram, Thadito, T-H-A-D-I-T-O. My um, Luminous, my Luminous Cleaning Solutions. Um, Our Twitter is Luminous Cleans. Um, Our handle on Instagram is Luminous Cleans and our website is luminousworldwide.com, www.luminousworldwide.com where you can buy products. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Any last words for the people? I appreciate you coming through, man. No doubt, man. You know, I just want to show love to my man, Nick. I'm proud of you, brother. Just uh, happy for you to start this podcast. Indeed. This is perfect for you. <laughs> um, you know, um, hopefully uh, everything keeps going good as it looks. And, you know, um, I'll be up to see you soon with one or two of these little things up there so we can all <laughs> have fun with the family, you know, and uh, kick it like we used to, brother. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, they always love to see you back in Canada, man. I appreciate you for coming through. So much respect for you, brother, what you're doing, what you're building, and how you've done it. And, yeah, people just need to understand you can have fun along the way. It's not Absolutely, all work. Man. And you gotta, you got to reward yourself. And that's, all, that's why I always did what I did was when I rewarded myself by going out and having a good time, it made me want to go harder on the field. It made me want to go harder in life. And now when I'm, when I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, I'm like, well, I got to reward myself or the grind's not even worth it. So <clears throat> for sure, for sure. And it, people don't, don't get it twisted. Like I'm not telling athletes to go party, party every day, party their lives out before games. Don't do that. There's only one Tad and one Nick. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But <laughs> I will say I treated, I, I'm a people's person. I love going out. I love interacting with good people, love being out. So I took advantage of that and used that to create a formula for me after football. So a lot of people that help, they say tab party a lot, it's probably because I probably made their day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. A lot of, they teach you a business, the business, best business transactions on the golf course. My golf course was the clubs, was the restaurants, you know, was the lounges. So I took advantage of my situation, my opportunity, and that's, that's why I did most of that stuff. Don't you do it. You yeah. do the golf, you do the golf, <laughs> you do the golf outings. <laughs> Don't do what me and Nick did. <laughs> you might be, you might pass out <laughs> and practice during the game. <laughs> we won't even get into Jason Armstead yet. <laughs> no, I'm not telling that story. Nope. But yeah, man, I appreciate you for coming through. Uh, all time, brother. Hey, go out, look it up, Luminous, man. I'm telling you, it's a great product. So go ahead great and get on product, it. Great product, brother. Support this man and his company yes, and his family because. He's doing it the right way. For sure. For sure. Peace. Peace.